share the word of the Lord with you this morning on the subject of endurance from Hebrews chapter 12. We were told to run the race with endurance, so let's go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. titled The Race of Faith. We're going to be talking about endurance. Endurance, it being a sustained effort that enables you to go the distance, the race that is set before you. So in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest ye become weary and discouraged in your souls. The less you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Kind of echoes what the Apostle Paul said uh, when he wrote to the church of Galatia in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 9. He told us not to grow weary in well-doing. Not to grow weary in well-doing, knowing that in due season you will reap. So don't be growing weary. And don't become weary. You know, it's a process of time. You don't just wake up one morning all of a sudden thinking, you know what, I'm really tired of running this Christian race. I'm really tired of being faithful. I'm really tired of walking in patience. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being kind. I'm tired of laying down my life for others. I'm tired of it all. You know, we don't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm tired. We might acknowledge it finally at one particular time, but it has been a process of time. Just don't be growing weary, don't become weary, but, but to be able to run the race that is set before us. And the race that's set before you is God's plans and purposes for your life. He has a purpose for your life, and that is the race that you are to run. And, and it's the race you're supposed to be running your race, I'm running my race, and we need to learn how to stay in one another's lanes and, and run the race that we have been called to run and not be getting confused by it. So in order not to become weary and discouraged in our souls, or as Paul, when he wrote to Galatians, said, don't grow weary in doing well, knowing that in due season you're going to reap. There is a due season. There is a reward time. There's a time when you are rewarded for your faithfulness and for running your race. You've received the medal. If you want to use that imagery, if you've received the medal for, for uh, running the race, for, for winning, the, winning the race that God has set before you. But in, in these words of encouragement here in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, in verse 1, first of all, it begins, it says, therefore let us. Whenever you find the word therefore, you always want to stop and find out what's it there for. Well, in this instance, it's referring to the patriarchs of faith that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. It's talking about Moses, uh, Abraham and Moses and Isaac and Jacob and, and, uh, and, 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 and many others, you know, that... Uh, that just did great exploits. They overcame all life's circumstances through their faith in God. In verse 39 of Hebrews 11 says, and all these, meaning the entire chapter, all the people that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11 says, all these having obtained a good testimony 
And that's our goal is to receive, to have a good testimony, to hear the, the, the affirmation that of being, having done well done, good and faithful servant. So having obtained a good testimony through faith, even though they did not receive the promise, that's meaning Jesus knows these, these people all lived their lives with faith in God, believing that the Messiah was coming, but they lived before Jesus was born and went to the cross. That's what that's referring to, not having received the promise of Jesus. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us, and they couldn't be perfected apart from us. We all had to wait for Jesus. We just happened to be living after the cross. They lived before the cross, but they still had their faith in God. We have our faith in God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So the idea here in, in verse one says, since, we have, since we're surrounded by such a, great, such a great cloud of witnesses, that's often referred to as the imagery there is that all the saints that have gone before us, they're in heaven, the imagery is from an athletic imagery, and, and they, they are in the grandstands, and we're on the field of play. We're running our race. They're in the grandstands, and they're cheering us on. Now, that certainly is nothing wrong with that imagery. That can be inspiring. That can be helpful. And when you're going through some tough times, and you feel like you just want to quit, thinking, no, I can't quit, uh, my you fill in the blank, loved one is in heaven and they're cheering me on. I'm not going to disappoint them. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to run. That certainly can be helpful. But another way to look at, look at this is to, is to acknowledge that the cloud of witnesses that has gone on before us is referring to all the people that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. And I encourage you to read it and just be inspired by it when it's talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Rahab and, and many others that are not listed specifically by name, but they're, they're mentioned in here that they did great exploits through their faith in Jesus Christ. You look to them. These are the people that we are looking to, and it brings inspiration and encouragement into our lives, and, and it, it, it inspires us to lay aside every weight. Because if these people did what they did, if they were able to do what they, what, what they accomplished, they were able to, to endure through the spirit of faith, some even being martyred. Uh, they, they were not afraid of that because they had faith in God. They knew they had an eternal destiny. They knew that where they were, this was not their home. It was temporary. They, they did not grow weary in their faith, but they stayed strong even in, 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 in the middle of all types of adversity. So we're looking to these individuals, and it brings inspiration to us, and it inspires us to lay aside, you know, so if they could lay aside the fears the anguish, the difficulties, the trials, the mockings, the scourgings, just all the, the, the years of waiting for promises to be fulfilled. If they could lay aside, if they could do that, certainly I can lay aside the weight that hinders me, the weight and the sin which would hinder me, easily ensnare me from running the race with endurance that's set before me. All these people, they did great exploits, and we, we admire them, and, as, and out of that admiration, it, it brings inspiration to us, say, listen, I can do this. I, I feel like I'm growing weary, I'm getting tired, I'm, I'm always the one that has to take the high road, I'm always the one that's saying I'm sorry first, and I'm always the one that has to smile and be joyful, and you know, I'm always the one that has to pull everything together and lift everyone up, you know, I'm, I'm weary of it, I just want someone to love on me. Has anyone ever felt like that? 
<laughs> a few of us. But the good news is we can do it and we can run with endurance. The race that is set before us. You know, so we have a course to complete and, and we have a goal to reach and we are to exert the effort in being faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Two weeks ago when I introduced this particular topic on, on endurance, I shared from the Psalm 84, which is a, uh, a picture of endurance. And the Psalms is talking about uh, walking through the valley. That, that, that those, they're blessed, those who walk through the valley of Baca. We said, why are you blessed? Why are we blessed for walking through the valley of Baca? Well, the, you know, the, the whole idea was there that the, the valley of Baca is, a, is walking through it. It's a place of weeping or a place of misery. And we have seasons in life when they're very, very difficult. They can be very low. The valleys can be very deep. The sun feels like the sun never rises and it never quite gets into the valley. And, you, know, you might get a glimmer of sunshine and just that quickly it's starting to set because you're in the deep valley. And it can be very lonely in the deep valleys. But the psalmist is saying, uh, blessed are those. You are blessed when you're passing through the valley of Baca, the place of weeping or the place of misery. And that always reminds me of the 23rd Psalm where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not fear. You know, even though I walk through the valley, I walk through. Everyone say, walk through. through. Say it again, walk through. through. So so walk through it. Whatever it is you're you're experiencing right now, you're going to walk through it. You're not going to camp in the valley of the shadow of death, and you're not going to set up camp in the valley of Baca. You're not going to set up camp in that unfavorable circumstance that you are encountering right now. Jesus said that we would have some difficult times. We would have tests and we would have trials. But we're to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. So the idea, the attitude that I want you to adopt, if you haven't already adopted, is to, okay, I'm going through some tough times. I'm I'm tempted to grow weary. This has been a long season of training up my children. Parents ever feel like that? It's been a long journey of training up the children. When are they ever going to get it? When's this appreciation ever going to come back? Keep walking. (laughs) Keep walking. It comes back. It'll come back at you. Amen? And any other circumstance or events in life that we're walking through that are painful, discouraging, uncomfortable, we're walking through it. And we say, walking through it. You're blessed as you walk through it. You're not blessed by setting up camp and just staying there and complaining about it. And so we're going to walk through it. We We have the ability to endure, and we are laying aside any weight, any sin that would hinder us from walking through the valley of Baca or the valley of the shadow of death. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Make that 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I like that one better. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, begin reading at verse 3. 
says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other so that we, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations, the valley times, the persecutions, the tribulations, that you endure, you endure. Notice you, you, you endure, endure is a, it's a picture of a people that will not surrender to the difficult times. You'll not surrender to defeat, but rather as you are one who exhibits an attitude of fortitude and resistance in the middle of adversity. And what's happening here is the Apostle Paul, he's commending this particular group of believers. He's commending the believers in their love for God, in their faith, and in their patience under adverse circumstances. He's boasting, boasting of their patience. They patiently endured. Now say, I'm walking through it. I'm patiently enduring. Does that sound like quitting? No, I'm walking through it. Say it again. I'm walking through it. I'm patiently enduring. I'm remaining in love. And I have a good attitude. And I'm blessed because I'm walking through it. So we need to continue to walk through it and never set up camp in the middle of adversity. You will have seasons of adversity. You will have resistance, but you can turn it to build you up, to make you stronger. And so the Apostle Paul, I find it very interesting that he has a group of people, he's, he's, just, he's, he's boasting about them, their patience and their faith, in the, right in the middle of persecution and tribulation. He said they're enduring it, and they're coming out of it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now turn to the book of James chapter 1. James is an interesting book. It's written by the pastor of the Church of Jerusalem. And inside joke for ministers, we think it was written on a Monday morning. <laughs> After one of those weekends of services where you say, okay, I'm ready to quit. And you know, this, I've been walking in this long enough. I've been walking, leading this stiff-necked people for a long time, and you know, there's not getting her. Like Moses, you know, finally after 40 years, you know, he gets himself in trouble by hitting a rock when he's not supposed to hit it. But uh, anyway, aside from that, it's a very, very in instructional book, very practical instructions on everyday life. And it really applies to the nitty-gritty, the things that make us feel like we're in the valley of Baca, the valley of the shadow of death. It's, we're experiencing those things that are causing us to grow weary when we're encouraged not to grow weary, but to know that there is a season coming. So the, the, the people of Jerusalem, the church of Jerusalem, under intense persecution is at the time of dispersion that the, as a result of the Romans. They were being dispersed many different places. And the, the picture, the idea of this dispersion is not something that they were given a timeline. They weren't forewarned by the opposition that, listen, you have, a, you have 10 days to pack your belongings, to get all your valuables, to get your family together, get your things in order, because you're going to be dispersed. It was, it, was no, it was no orderly dispersion on their part. They were dispersed randomly, quickly. They lost their possessions. Families were separated. 
And they were in some dire situations. And James, being the pastor of the Church of Jerusalem, he would hear back from these different people at different seasons, and he would uh, write to them. And some of, some of those things that are written here, we believe, is what make up the letter that we have today. And, and James is giving them instruction giving them instruction. Yes, you are going through some terrible times here. You're going under some severe persecution, some severe tribulation, but here's how, here's how you're going to come through it. Here's what's going to enable you to endure. Like back in Hebrews, you know, Jesus, uh, we were instructed to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who the joy that was set before him, if you were here two weeks ago, we talked about that for a few moments. The joy that was set before Jesus is what enabled him to endure the cross. And that picture of joy, you know, the, the, the joy that was set before Jesus gave him the inner resolve to endure the cross. He saw something, the joy that was set before him. And what he was seeing, he, was, he, he saw the day that you were going to surrender and give your life over to him. And you're going to re repent of your sin and receive him as your Lord and your Savior. He saw that day. And 2,000 years plus ago, he saw that and it enabled him to endure the cross. He had the ability to call legions of angels from heaven to rescue him. But he chose not to because he saw something. And I believe that he saw the church as a whole, but I also believe it's much more intimate and much more personal, and that is that he saw you personally. He saw you as an individual receiving Jesus. He saw the day that I was going to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and it gave him the courage, the confidence, the resolve the, the, in, to endure the shame, the persecutions, the crucifixion, it gave him that ability to do it because he saw something that's going to be far greater and it's going to be so worth it. I see multitudes coming from every tongue, every tribe, every nation coming into the kingdom of God through my blood sacrifice and for that joy of seeing multitudes of people from every tongue, every tribe, every nation coming into the kingdom of heaven, I can do this. I can do this. There's different passages in the scripture where it uses the, 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 the pregnant woman about to go in, in, or in, in labor to, to birth a child, how they go through that process of the, the, the intense labor pains, but they're able to endure that for the joy of the child being born. Well, the imagery is God, Jesus, the Son of God, he saw you being born again into the kingdom of heaven. It enabled him to endure the joy that was set before him. Now James is writing to a group of people, the church of Jerusalem being persecuted, being dispersed, and it was a random disbursement, family separated, and not, not having time to pack and take things with him. There's no order to it. It's just randomly you were, you, were, you were sent off somewhere. And so he's writing. In verse two, it says, my brethren, my brethren who are dispersed randomly, Separate it from your possessions. Separate it from your, 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 your love, your family. My brethren, you think of it, say, my brethren, I'm so sorry for what's happening in your life. But he writes this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into 
various trials. Just kind of, it happened, just like that. You know, when you trip and fall, it just happens. You don't plan to trip and fall. You're, 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 you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere, and all of a sudden, you fall. Well, this is what happened. This is what it felt like to the church of Jerusalem. They're going about their business, and all of a sudden, they're dispersed. I mean, one day it was good, and the next day it was not good. But he's writing to them and saying, consider it. Consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. But then he gives some more fortification to it. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, produces patience or endurance. So the trying, the testing of your faith produces endurance. But let patience, verse 4, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy. Now, this counting it all joy is not describing a forced or a flippant spiritual, Christianese, emotional reactions. No, I'm happy. Count it all joy. <laughs> but you know, inside, you're just screaming with hate and resentment and bitterness. So it's not a forced or a flippant emotional reaction. It's a mature, seasoned judgment of your will, of your will and your mind based on an understanding of the source and the purpose of the trial, of the temptation, of the affliction, of the valley of Baca or the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going through this. This is a season. This is a season in my life. I'm going through it. But you know, just the fact that you just call it a season and keep walking. You know, seasons change. You know, sometimes in the wintertime, we ask ourselves, why do we live in the Northeast? <laughs> well, we like the four seasons. So we like the seasons change. Not so much January, February, but we like the spring, we like the summer. But seasons change. But when you understand and you make a seasoned judgment and you have an understanding of the will of God, what's happening in your life, knowing the source of what you are experiencing, knowing, in verse 3 of James, it says that knowing that the trying or the testing of your faith works, works patient, this out of your base of knowledge comes true rejoicing in anticipation of the results the trial will produce in your life. You will come out of it stronger only if you know what's going on and only if you apply the proper principles of having a joy, knowing that there's going to be a, a joyful result of this, knowing that I'm coming out of it and I'm coming out of it stronger and, and, and all the glory is going to God. Knowing that the trying, the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience. Everyone say patience. patience. So say, I'm, I'm walking through it. I'm not giving up. I'm coming out stronger. I have joy. I know this is going to be good. I am patient. Don't pray for patience. You have patience. Amen. Sometimes people are walking through the valley of Bakr or the valley of the shadow of death and say, oh, God, give me patience. No, you, you have patience. If you're born again child of God, you have patience. 
You might have to develop it, but you have patience. It's fruit of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit of love that's been deposited in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So you have patience. Develop it. Draw on it. Draw on it. It will help you. It's that ability to endure. You're not going to make random decisions. You're not going to make random choices that are going to get you into more trouble. Or you're not going to allow yourself to grow weary or to become discouraged, to become weary. It's a process of time. You grow weary. You become weary. You you weren't made weary. It's not your disposition from heaven. (laughs) Sorry to deflate your belief. But you're not a weary, gloomy person. It's not who God has made you. You can know all the personality profile stuff you want. I don't care what you do. But God has not created you to be a gloomy, weary, dreary, discouraged person. If you have become weary, if you have become discouraged, you have not learned how to endure and to come out of it with joy and through patience and through your faith in God, looking to those that have, all the patriarchs that have gone before us, they are now in heaven, but we look to them and see how they endured, and if they did it, bless God, we can do it. Knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces patience. So this type of patience and endurance, it's not a passive, this patience is not a passive uh, resignation to adversity. For years, in my formative years, I was under the impression that patience meant you just patiently put up with everything. Just patiently put up with it. Nonconformist. And whatever happens, happens. It's the will of God. You just patiently endure it. But not everything that's happening to you, not everything that feels like a valley of the shadow of death, not everything that feels like the valley of Baca is the will of God for you. That's why you have to know. Is this a God valley that I'm walking through, or is this an enemy valley that he's trying to take me out? Always remember John 10.10. Jesus said this. I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. The enemy, the devil, Satan, has come to steal, to kill, to destroy. So the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith, God's testing of your faith is not sickness and disease and poverty. Jesus died at the cross to redeem us from the curse, and the curse was threefold, eternal death, sickness, disease, and poverty. Jesus redeemed us from that. So you have to know that. So don't ever accept the fact that, well, God put this sickness on me. He's trying to teach me something. No, if there's a sickness on you, it's not God trying to teach you something. It's the enemy trying to take you out. He's trying to take you out. Don't be religious about it, but be smart about it. 
And, and when you know that, now you're, in a, now you're in a posture where you have a knowing, now you have a resolve, now you have a knowing, and out of that base of knowledge comes rejoicing in anticipation that I'm coming out and this is going to be to the glory and to the honor of God. Satan's trying to take me out, but I'm going to give the glory to God. I have the victory in Jesus' name, and I'm coming out stronger than ever before. Amen? Amen? So don't just accept stuff that's of the devil and, 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 and endure it. Don't just accept all adversity. Well, God did, God's doing this. God obviously has a purpose for this. Jesus told you what his purpose was, to destroy the works of the devil. He told you that he has come to give you life and to give it to you more abundant. So Pastor Ray, is that not a conflict there, or the, the abundant life that Jesus promised in walking through the valley of the shadow of death? No, you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you walk into God's provision. Coming out of it, coming out of it. It's not all going to be tiptoeing through the road, uh, through the you know fields of roses and so forth. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be adversity. So this type of patient, not passive resignation to adverse circumstances, but a positive steadfastness that bravely endures. You bravely endure. It's an active and a strong. Active, strong, unshakable trust in God that finds its base in belief in the integrity of God's character and in his word. It could also be translated perseverance. I'm a person of perseverance. I'm not going to be defeated in any way, shape, or form. God is for me. Then who can be against me? Whether it be death or whatever, it, it's not going to take me out. I'm going to continue to love God. I'm going to continue to serve God. I'm going to continue to, to, to walk out the will of God in my life. I'm going to run the race that is set before me. Back to James chapter 1, says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It just happens, just like the dispersion. It just came on the people, and they were dispersed. It says, Let patience let patience, verse 3 says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. Verse 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perfect work there. The word perfect there means to be a mature, a completeness, a self-sustaining. It means that you are, you, you are without deficiency, that you are intact, and you, that you are undamaged. You're coming out of the valley of Baca. You're coming out without deficiency. You're coming out intact. You're coming out undamaged. Think of the children of uh, the Hebrew boys that were thrown into the fiery furnace. That's a trial. That's about as hot as it gets. When coming, as far as talking about trials and tribulations and testings of faith, they were thrown into the fiery furnace, and they came out. Their hair wasn't even singed, and they didn't even smell like smoke. That's how we are, that's an example of how we are to come out of stuff. I'm not promising that you're not going to be thrown into a furnace. I'm not promising that you won't experience dispersions. I'm not promising that there won't be any dark, gloomy days when you, when you are tempted to become weary and discouraged. But you must continue to be like Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured. If Jesus did it, he did it for me. He's my example. I can do it. Amen. Amen. Amen? So yes, there's going to be difficult times. Yes, the enemy is trying to take us out. The enemy is trying to take the church out. 
One of my favorite parables is Mark chapter four, the parable of the sower, and it can just, it's, so, it's so simple but so profound. It's really a picture, the word is sown, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. He wants to steal the word, he wants to steal your faith. But here James is saying that in verse four, writing to the, writing to the people of dispersion, he says, let patience have its perfect work. Let it, let it work out, let it work out, endure, don't jump ship, don't abort the plan. Just let patience have its perfect work, mature. You know it's, things are gonna be okay. You have, a, you have an endurance about you. You're coming through this thing. You're gonna come through the test and the trial more mature with life intact and you coming out undamaged. You're coming out undamaged because you have within you the ability to endure. So patiently continue on with God. Joyfully look to God and say, how can I get through these tests, these trials, these very difficult seasons in life? And some seasons in life are really, really difficult. I'm not denying that. They can be very difficult. You've all had some very, very difficult seasons in life reasons to give up. I've experienced some very difficult, challenging seasons in life where I could have quit ministry and no one would have blamed me for it. But there's a race to run. You have a race to run. You can't quit. You can't quit. You have to endure. You must endure. And here's... Another key that'll help you, last week when we started this, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, ask God to open up your eyes of your understanding. Say, what really is it? What really keeps me going? What fulfills my emotional cup? What fulfills, what really brings value to my life? What is it? What is that that really strikes a chord of faith? Yeah, this is what it's all about. I can do this. This is really, really difficult, but I can do it because I see the outcome. It's going to be so worth it. It's going to be so worth it. The joy that's set before you. Have a vision. Have a purpose and be joyful about it. And then number two today, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. That's just not just saying, well, whatever will be, will be. Just be, you know. Not that, but a perseverance and endurance. Have that spirit of patiently enduring, walking through the valley, one foot in front of the other, knowing that you're going to come out. If you feel like it, you can run. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. But keep moving and keep moving forward in faith and never, ever, ever give up. Would you please stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for the example that he set before us in running a race. The enemy did come to Jesus and, and tried to talk him out of going to the cross. He offered him everything that he offered him in the, in the wilderness of testing and temptation. He said, you can have all this, you can have all these kingdoms if you'll just simply bow down and worship me. 
trying to circumvent the, the will of God and trying to get Jesus to take the easy way. But Jesus didn't take the easy way. He took the right way. And as born-again children of God, we're not looking for easy. We're looking for right, righteousness. We're looking for faith, patience. We thank you, Lord God, that in Jesus' name, when we accepted you as our Lord and Savior, your love was deposited into our heart by your Holy Spirit. And that love is manifested in the form of joy and patience among other fruit, but those are the two we've been talking about. So we can joyfully anticipate a bright future and we can patiently endure believing that we're walking through whatever the season is that we're in in life right now, we're walking through it and we're coming out of it giving glory and honor to you. And as we come out of it, others can be encouraged by it. They can say, wow, wow, I don't have to be stuck here. I don't need to be stuck in this valley. I also can get up and walk through it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So whatever the, the valley, just the darkest, the deepest valley, might be the valley of the shadow of death, you feel like you're stuck in there, the valley of Baca that Psalm 84 talks about, place of misery, a place of weeping. <laughs> Nothing in particular is wrong that I can pinpoint, but I'm just, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged. You're in that place. Don't be in denial about it, but... The encouragement would be, walk through it. Patiently, keep going. You can do this. You can do it. In Jesus' name, you can do it. One more step of faith. One more step and one more step. Before you know it, you'll be out of it and you'll be looking back and you'll be rejoicing. You'll be thanking God. Say, I don't know how we got out of this. I don't know how I got out of this, but I'm so thankful I'm out. God, I thank you for this mountaintop experience in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Name above all names. Father, I pray for every person represented here today. I pray, Lord God, for supernatural joy and patience to be manifested, the fruit of the Spirit being developed, that we are growing stronger and stronger in our trust and our confidence in you, believing that you are the solid rock on which we stand in Jesus' name, name above all names.